0: Can you remember those toughest times in your life when perhaps you knew that the situation you were in was pretty dark, it was pretty bad? I know I can think back to times when I thought it just couldn't get any worse. With a family issue or stuff at work, conflict, even within my own heart and my mind at times, there's confusion, darkness, uncertainty, It's all stuff that we've walked through. And sometimes it's a really slow go. But Jesus is there. He's calling softly to us in those times Come on, I've got you. Hey, it's Charlie, and you're listening to the Encouragers United Podcast. Some people think that when you become a Christian, all your troubles just go away. They naively think that once you're saved, everything in your life will fall neatly into place. In fact, they think if you have any problems, that there must be something faulty with your faith or with you personally. But you know, nothing could be further from the truth. It's not only foolish, to think that we'll never face difficulties in the Christian life, it's downright dangerous to think that. And if we think that we'll never encounter any trials, we set ourselves up for a great fall, and we're going to be sadly disappointed. The reality is, is that bad things do happen, and that we will walk through tough times. And we all need a shepherd, someone to guide us through those Adversities, someone to protect us from the approaching and encroaching evil in our life, someone to calm the troubled soul. And that someone is the Lord Jesus himself. You see, David was a man after God's own heart. And despite his great devotion to the Lord, he often found himself walking through dark trials in his life. He pictured these tough times as the valley of the shadow of death. These were not imaginary dangers, but they were painfully real ones. We can all relate to David. None of us are exempt from sailing through the storms of life. We live in a fallen world. and Many threatening perils face us each day. In these difficult times, we must recognize the Lord's calming presence and receive his comforting peace. That is what we see evidenced in this fourth verse of Psalm 23. Can you remember those toughest times in your life? When perhaps you knew that it was pretty dark. Jesus is there. He starts by describing the valley of the shadow of death. Even though I walk, through the valley of the shadow of death. This imagery depicts a shepherd leading his little flock from one grazing place, one green pasture to another. And in order to guide them to the next grassy field and quiet waters, the sheep would often have to squeeze through a narrow passway, passage um, surrounded by high canyon walls or jagged cliffs and dark places. The tall mountains blocked out the sunlight so that it couldn't shine into the valley, and the the dark shadows made it, it it made it a dangerous place for the flock. Lurking in those shadows could be threatening animals, ruthless thieves, or those who would want to hide and attack the vulnerable shepherd and sheep. David envisions himself as one of these defenseless sheep, going through a life-threatening circumstance, perhaps lots of those circumstances. He's not spared from walking through these perilous places, and neither are we. That's why we need a shepherd throughout this whole journey that we call life. David continues here by saying, I will fear no evil. And right in the midst of this most difficult trial, David says, I won't fear evil. And, you know, that word fear, it really is defined as to suffer dread or terror, right? Those things that would otherwise cause us to panic actually don't trouble David here in his hour of trial. Though surrounded by evil, walking through the shadow of death, David experiences a supernatural peace from God that holds his heart secure. It's an inexplicable calm that sometimes fills our soul, hopefully fills our soul. The same is true for each one who knows the Lord as our shepherd. We don't suffer dread or terror in our difficulties, not as the world would, that world that doesn't have a loving shepherd. We don't panic in our extenuating difficulties as those who have no hope at all. We know that the Lord is in control of the of the pathway. He's leading our lives. He has already numbered our days. Nothing will take our lives until the appropriate time when God says so. You know, I had a funny joke that I used to teach our daughters. And I'm sorry if this wasn't really psychologically appropriate, but Sometimes raising three daughters, they would come up with a ridiculous fear or a ridiculous uh, unexplained, you know, uh, circumstance that they were afraid of. Uh, Usually at night, right? What if there's a monster in in the closet? What if I have brain damage? That was an actual example from the Grimes family. What if I have brain damage? what if I die? And perhaps in exasperation, uh, dad, me, would just stand by the bed and say, honey, if God wants you dead, you're going to die. If God wants you to live, then you're going to continue to live. And they seemingly took that answer and they accepted it. And I don't know if it instilled in them a deeper faith in God. I hope that's what it does. But they seem to take that answer that if God is in control, then I guess I can trust him. He's already numbered our days. He knows how many hairs are on our head. And nothing is going to take our life until he allows it to happen. David continues here. I will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. This overruling peace that comes into David's heart, it's because he can say without a shadow of a doubt, for you are with me. He knew that God was with him every step of the way. And as he passed through that valley of the shadow of death, David believed God was with him physically protecting him And preserving him this calming peace distinguishes David and us from fearful people in all of the surrounding nations of the Old Testament but also in our lives our neighbors and the people we come in contact with every day even in David's adversity he didn't act like the Lord had abandoned him such a mindset would be practical atheism we call it right I believe in God, but I don't believe that he's really there when I need him. No, David believed that nothing could come between him and God. And nothing could come into his life except either God sends it or God's God's allowed it. But either way, God sovereignly rules over our lives. I think of the story when Satan spoke to God about Job. Have you ever heard this story from the Old Testament? The evil one challenged God to remove this hedge of protection around Job. And so Satan contended that Job would curse God and just die. But God set the boundaries by which the devil could bring only devastation into Job's life, but he couldn't destroy Job. And though Satan carried out ruthless attacks, we read about them in the book of Job, It was within those boundaries that God established. Even this hellish attack remained under the control of God's sovereign will. And I love the end of that story, is that even when all others had abandoned Job, and they even suggested that he just curse God and die, the very thing that Satan said that he would do, Job says, no, the Lord gives and he takes away. So blessed be the name of the Lord, Job worships God, even in all of the pain, and all of the strife. And you know, Jesus has promised us, I am with you, even to the end of the age. He said that one of the last things he said to his disciples on earth. That's Matthew 28, verse 20. I am with you, even to the end of the days, end of the age. His constant presence gives us supernatural encouragement in our hearts. Even when we find ourselves in the darkest valleys of life, even on our deathbeds, the Lord is with us to give us dying grace. He gives us the assurance that on the other side of death is the outstretched arms of Jesus waiting to receive us into heaven. You know, my grandparents were very powerful people in my life. They were very impactful. They were Christian people. And I'll never forget this wonderful story of my grandfather on my mother's side, my mother's father. It's a sad story. He was very ill and he was in the hospital and he was being cared for by hospice. And he was kind of in and out of consciousness at the end of his very life, right? And I wasn't there, but my grandmother was there. Her name was Jean. And he woke up and he said, Jean, you need to get my shoes. And she said, honey, what are you talking about? Why do you need your shoes? And he says, I'm about to take a walk with Jesus. And so it was a very powerful image for all of us in the family to understand that uh, grandpa knew that the Lord was there and that he looked forward to taking this walk even through the valley of the shadow of death. And he needed to get his shoes on because it was time to take that walk. I think of another Bible uh, example here. While awaiting his trial in Rome, we read about this in Philippians, especially. Paul knew this peace in his heart when he said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's Philippians chapter one, verse 21. He knew the Lord was with him. And if he died in prison, that would be his entrance into heaven, into the presence of God. But that if he lived, He would be protected and he would be sent on another assignment. And only God can give us this composure and this assurance in the midst of the most difficult circumstances of life. This doesn't mean that we're never troubled, but it means that in the midst of that storm, we can know this calm I love this next part. David adds another aspect of the Lord's care. You see, he follows it up by saying, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He was well familiar with a shepherd's rod through his earlier work in his upbringing, working his father's sheep, right? It was an oak club about two feet long, and it was used to defend the flock against vicious wild animals. Any beast would have to come through David and that rod to harm any one of his sheep. And the staff is a shepherd's hook or crook. It's hooked on one end, it's used to prod and to guide the sheep in the right directions. It was also used to untangle the sheep that had become caught in a bush or fall into a hole. And moreover, it was used to gently guide the sheep in the right direction on the path. And these two instruments, the tools of a shepherd, the rod and the staff, they're the emblems of God's sovereignty and his protective care over David's life and over yours and mine. And these instruments bring comfort to David and to us as we walk through the dark valleys on the paths that he's leading. Hey, let's take a short break. And I wanna tell you about my good friends at anchor.fm. They comfort me. You know, this word comfort comes from the same Hebrew word, it's name, N-A-I-M, which the prophet Nahum and Nehemiah derived their names from. It indicates an inexplicable comfort that they knew and ministered during difficult times. This is the same soothing reassurance that God alone could have given to David when dangers surrounded him on all sides. This doesn't mean that David never experienced emotional trauma or the sinking spells of depression or challenges and tough times in his life. The many lament Psalms that he wrote reveals that David's fear was very real, but he felt God's presence. And in the midst of these turbulent times, David found steady comfort in his ever present shepherd. The word comfort can also be translated to change your mind, to change the mind, this idea that the presence of our shepherd changes the state of our heart in those dangerous times. He gives us peace that he alone can give us during these storms of life. I think of the story of Jesus sleeping in the boat with the disciples, right? The storm is raging around them, yet Jesus is in the bow of the ship, sleeping. And they, in a panic, wake him up, right? and say, Lord, don't you care? We're gonna perish, we're gonna, we're gonna sink. The storm is raging. And he simply says, oh, you of little faith, and he raises his hands, and the winds and the rain and the storm is calmed. You see, the very best of us, we're still but sheep, right? We know our own weaknesses, but in our weaknesses, his strength, is made perfect. And we must stay close to our great shepherd as we walk through the darkest valleys of our life. We may may not be able to see all that's threatening the danger around us, but we need to trust that God can see. And all we need to do is follow him and he's gonna lead us through. You know, I hope these great meditations and encouragements from Psalm 23 have actually inspired you in two ways. First and foremost, I wanna encourage you that uh, Jesus reminds us and he states in the gospels, I am the good shepherd. And say we want to truly understand what it means when he says that, right? And Psalm 23 is a wonderful reminder that God himself through Jesus Christ is the good shepherd. It's a tremendous strength and reassurance for our own lives for us to grow in our relationship to the Lord and to trust him more and more every day. But a second aspect of why I'm doing these teachings is that because I know you're a leader, you're a teacher, you're a coach, you're a pastor, you're a parent and you have this shepherd role for other people in your life. I know I'm a dad, I'm a pastor, I'm a friend, I'm a leader. God has placed us in this key position to manage, to care for, to lead, guide, teach, or direct someone else. And I truly believe that you and I can only give from what we have first received. That's what we say in teaching, right? I'm a lifelong learner. That's why I love to teach, because I'm constantly learning And I constantly want to communicate that as a teacher. But if I don't learn the content first, if I don't understand what I'm talking about, then I'm a much less effective teacher. And so we as under shepherds, we as leaders need to learn from our Good Shepherd so that we can then be the Good Shepherd's hands and feet, his presence in the lives of others, So let's just take the time to soak in these wonderful thoughts and the essence of how Jesus cares for us, and then take that and go change the world for someone else. I hope this has inspired you, and may God bless you and keep you as you lead, guide, and direct as a shepherd those that he's entrusted to you today. Thanks so much for following along with my my study through Psalm 23. I really appreciate all the great positive feedback that I've received on these first four verses. That's all it is, the first four verses of Psalm 23, how rich and deep uh, this scripture has been for us. Next week, I'm gonna step into verse number five. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies, anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. What a wonderful verse. Next week's uh, podcast episode will actually be the the audio clip from a message that I delivered at a wonderful church called Walnut Creek Mennonite. Next week, I uh, will just simply share the recording from that message on their Sunday uh, service. If you have been moved and uh, touched in a special way by my teaching, I would love to hear from you. I always encourage you to leave a review uh, for the podcast on your uh, listening app or reach out to me and and tag me in social media. Uh, Leave a voicemail on the website, charlesrgrimes.com. But let me know. Uh, and I would love to interact with you. If you know of someone who would appreciate this message of encouragement and uh, especially the focus on the shepherding and leadership issues found in Psalm 23, please feel free to spread the word. I would love your support that way. There hasn't ever been a single mom that I've talked to who feels like she has it all together, that she's doing a good job and couldn't use just a little extra support. Hi, I'm Heather. I host the Shine.fm MomCast, and it is specifically for moms. It's a way to encourage you, to kind of give you a little bit of wisdom, and hopefully help you along this way of this journey that we've been given with being parents. So definitely check us out. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, and just search for us in Shine.fm Podcasts.